Welcome to episode 205 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. Happy belated Valentine's Day, everyone. I hope you guys had a a nice night of romance with your significant others. This is going to be a fun episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to go down the news items with the different manufacturers that's occurring out in the world. Uh, I'm going to do your reader feedback. Ever since I've been reading more and more of your emails on the air, I've been getting more uh, commentary from you, which I love, which I think is great. I think it adds more of a balanced opinion to this show. Um, But I have to start off the show with um, uh, another pinball podcast was taking a jab at Canada's pinball podcast. I, uh, I got hit up by my friend Christopher Franchi and he said, you know, your mates over at Head to Head Pinball, did you hear what they did with, with Google Voice and, and Google Voice sort of talking about this podcast? I want to air for you what happened. Apparently, Ryan C. was asking the Google AI system uh, about different pinball things, and then it got to a discussion about Canada's Pinball Podcast. So let me air this for you because I'll save you the pain and suffering of having to listen because it happens at like the two hour and 30 minute mark of head to head pinball. I think they're trying to set a world record for the longest pinball podcast. And I know if anyone can do it, they can do it. But here's what they said on the show. Shut up, bitch. I have two twippies. How many do you have? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, well, you know, you got two twippies. Give me some tips. How do I become as good as Canada? Me and Marty, what do we do? Just stop playing pinball. Choose an opinion on a machine and just repeat it over and over. Okay. Can you give me some examples? Houdini shots are too tight. P3 needs a theme. Big Trouble in Little China is amazing because I watched that movie when I was a kid. World Under Glass. World Under Glass. TIE Fighter on a Spring. On a Spring. J-Pop is amazing. Magic Girl Shrine. I am the world's best marketer. Why won't anyone take my advice? Batman 66 is a rip-off. Terrible theme integration. The crane wasn't in the show. Oh shit, I bought one. Now it's amazing. TIE Fighter on a spring. Malfunction. Malfunction. I can't tell if Marty has to take the biggest crap ever or he thinks that's that funny. But anyway, anyway, I was really excited after hearing that because on the same day, I actually got a new Sonos speaker system that has Alexa attached to it. Now, I haven't used it yet, and I'm going to use it now for the first time. And I'm going to ask Alexa one simple question, and we'll see what it, what it comes back with. Okay, are we ready? All right, Alexa. Tell me everything you know about head-to-head pinball. If you're looking for a pinball podcast that covers the news a week after it happens, head-to-head pinball is great. Head-to-head pinball sounds a lot like coast-to-coast pinball. Is that the most original name they could come up with? Ryan C. thinks putting pinball machines in a living room is socially acceptable as an adult. Ryan, it is not. I give you three hours to do something. You could watch Academy Award-winning film The Lord of the Rings or you could listen to one episode of Head to Head Pinball. Tough choice, not. If you don't finish first in the Twippy Awards, you finish last. The people have spoken and the world's favorite pinball podcast is Canada's Pinball Podcast. 
can we really trust a country that created hope and pinball and that's teeming pile of shit known as Thunderbirds? Well, thank you, Alexa. I mean, that's really awesome. I'm going to have to go back to Alexa every once in a while when we have a, a really interesting pinball question, and we'll, we'll see what Alexa comes back with. We, we never know. We never know. Uh, but anyway, anyway, uh, I want to go into the pinball news that's happening this week, and there's a lot of news that has happened over the last few days, uh, so let's dive right into it. First, I want to say thank you to the people out there that uploaded the the poll on Pinside. Uh, some of you, there was like three to four different people that uploaded the what would you rather buy, Big Trouble in Little China or Oktoberfest. So for all of you out there, thank you. Uh, send me an email at canadapinball at gmail.com with your address and I will get you guys a Canada Pinball t-shirt. Now, let, let's just start with the results. Uh, Big Trouble in Little China was the victor in all the different polls that were created. None of them had Oktoberfest being ahead of Big Trouble in Little China. So look, my market research was right. I think that Big Trouble in Little China makes a better pinball theme. But look, we'll never know. Um, the, the part that I found absolutely hysterical, and this just goes to show the extreme bias uh, and, and, and just the reality of Pinside and the Pinside moderation staff versus Canada's Pinball Podcast, they removed all of those poll threads from Pinside simply because they clearly got wind that Canada's Pinball Podcast was the origin of that poll going up. Now, that poll was very innocuous. It was just a simple poll about two pinball machines. And the fact that they either removed it or sent it to the basement is clear indication of the prejudice and bias that exists on Pinside against this podcast, even when we were simply talking about pinball. And I think time and time again, Robin and his moderation staff continue to look like a bunch of bitter babies who really can't stand the fact that this podcast and the conversation we have on a weekly basis probably actually has more influence than, than all of the circle jerking that goes on on that site. So Robin, thank you again and the moderation there for proving to the world who listens to this podcast that you guys completely are the biggest biased bunch of babies on the planet. All right, let's jump into the news of the pinball world. So the biggest news of the week has to be the thing that I've been sort of speculating for a few weeks now, and that is Ben Heck has officially announced that he is leaving uh, Spooky Pinball, that he's no longer part of Spooky Pinball's pinball development moving forward. And this is this is big news. I mean, Ben has been with Charlie for, for many, many years, and we all know that Ben has been working on a game, uh, a couple games. We don't know what the license theme was. There's a lot of speculation that it was Futurama. And we also don't know what the fate of Bible Adventures is, the other game that Ben was reportedly working on that Deep Root sort of said that they were going to do now. So a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on. Now, look, when you read the thread... I think a lot of people are just like, yeah, like, awesome, like, Charlie and Ben are both stand-up guys, and we wish you both the best of luck. But I'm here to tell you something, that this split wasn't as amicable as people would love to believe, that there, there is a story behind this split that is not as just positive, and hey, good luck, man, with all your future adventures. Uh, the reason why Ben left uh, is, is basically because the game Ben was working on could have come out and he needed more support and a little bit more investment and you know I don't think he got it and I think that there's a lot of stubbornness 
at, at oh, happening over at Spooky Pinball that has led to some, you know, maybe questionable decisions. And who knows, maybe total nuclear annihilation selling right now and Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle on the horizon. Uh, they just didn't want to invest in, in anything Ben was working on. Uh, I, I don't know. From what I'm hearing, though, like it's not as roses as people would, would like to think. Um, but again, th th that story and what actually happened it's up for those two gentlemen to tell us if, if they decide to. All right, I'm not going to air out everything that, that I've heard from, from different people who, who have a little bit more knowledge of the situation, but it's not as, it's not as positive as people think. Um, what, what does this mean? And, you know, Ben, it's, I feel bad for Ben. It sounds like he's like, I, there's no more options for me in pinball. And I think it really sucks that the pinball world is losing Ben Heck. Because he's a guy that makes stuff. He's a guy that gets shit done. Um, but, you know, look, Spooky Pimmel also gets stuff done and makes stuff. I just think that when I hear the story that uh, I think some of the stubbornness over at Spooky Pinball could be a long-term problem for, for Spooky Pinball. But we'll see. A lot is riding on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. A lot is riding on that game. And we will see it at TPF. Speaking of TPF. I'm here to announce, drum roll, that I have booked my tickets to Texas Pinball Festival. I will be going. I will be sharing a room with Blake again. Uh, the tickets to get to Dallas from New York are so damn cheap, it's almost impossible for me not to go. I was even able to upgrade to first class and not even spend that much money. So that's how we roll. When you win the Twippy, you go first class. I'm not, I'm not sitting back there in economy with all the pinball designers and coders and people. I'm first class. You know, this is it. We, we, roll, we roll up front in the plane. All right, so I'll be there. I'll, I will be arriving on Friday. I think I'm going to get there too late to be a part of the pinside party. Oh, it's always my favorite time is to head into that party at the sports bar and have everyone awkwardly look at me and, and, and wondering if Robin and I are going to start punching each other. But it's always a good time. It's always a good time. All right. So I look forward to that. So what else is going on in the pinball world? So let's talk about Stern Pinball. So there's been a lot of discussion about the Supreme Pinball partnership with Stern. And I have to say this. I think a lot of you guys don't understand that this connection and this partnership isn't meant to appeal to you. All right, Stern has done something that I think is a brilliant marketing move, and I want to explain why. And I think the person that I was most confused about being upset by this was Oric Lawson. And Oric, like, I get it. You work in the media. You understand marketing. And he was sort of, like, put back because they might only make 12 of these machines. And that means the price will be really high. And he was saying something like, how does making 12 machines actually expand pinball and how does that help like grow the pinball hobby or come on man you're smarter than that you're so much smarter than that something you guys need to understand is that supreme when it comes to younger people when it comes to mainstream and like pop culture supreme is a much bigger brand than stern pinball okay they are much more popular out there in the mainstream world and they have millions and millions and millions of fans stern pinball does not and i'm not saying that's because one is better than the other it's just all about exposure and awareness and i think what happens in pinball is that this tiny circle of people 
the pin side users mainly, they think that pinball is bigger than it is. They think that pinball is more popular than it is. And when they step outside of the real world, they're in for a rude awakening that there are things out there that are much bigger by tenfold than the pinball hobby. And the world of fashion happens to be something that is far more popular and covered and and millions more people get excited by stuff happening in the world of fashion than they do in the world of pinball. Now, I think the collaboration between Stern and Supreme is genius. Uh, I told this to George Gomez. George Gomez got back to me immediately and he said, you understand, you get it, you get why. And here's why, real simple. And this is what Oric and all these pinball guys who don't understand. The reason why this expands pinball and the reason why this is good for pinball is that the coverage and the news and the views to the video, all the conversation this generated, this is more conversation around Stern Pinball and pinball in general than every single Stern Pinball launch combined. You could add up all of the Stern Pinball conversation and coverage that they have received since the beginning of Stern Pinball and there is far more coverage of this than all of that combined and it's talking about pinball and I get some people might have been uh, upset that the way Supreme positioned the machine was pinball art is usually gaudy here's our Supreme machine whatever guys stop taking everything so personally but this thing has had millions of people look at it. I love whenever there's like a Twitch stream of a new game or there's like some new IGN story or video about pinball and the organic views of those videos is like 2,000, 3,000 people watch. Like what's, what's the most watched pinball video of all time You know that, that a manufacturer has put out there? Um, and Supreme does something and you get over a million views. So look, it's good for pinball. It's not for you. And, and the final point I'll make is this. I always notice this. Whenever someone from outside the hobby does something in the pinball world, it's usually met with all this anger and vitriol because this small little vocal minority of people on pin side, these individuals think like they own the hobby. Like no one else is allowed to do anything around pinball unless they get permission from these people. And I'm here to tell you that you don't own the hobby. That pinball is not something that just because you think about it on a daily basis, that every decision that happens in pinball has to revolve around you or seek your permission. This was a genius move by Stern, and it's actually something that I'd been, I'd been thinking about. I want someone to do a Gucci pinball machine, because I think Gucci, the world of Gucci, if you look at it, the colorful world of Gucci would make for an amazing pinball machine, and we'll see if I can broker a deal like that. All right. The other big Stern news, and this came out of nowhere, is that there's new ACDC code. And you're like, ACDC code? New? Like, what? Like, this game has been out for years and now Lyman has polished the code even more, which I think raises an interesting sort of debate on the thing that we were speculating, and that is, is Lyman Sheets about to retire, and is he putting the final touches on all of his games before he retires? Now look, again, this is just a rumor, this is something I'm hearing, but if you look at Batman, and you look at the amount of detail and time and attention he's putting into that game, it kind of feels like this might be it. That he doesn't, you know, that he's going to make his final game his best. But he's, he's also probably just not enjoying 
this whole rodeo anymore where all the pressure's on him. People are always complaining. He can never get ahead of it. He can never take the time he really needs to make games amazing during the production cycle of, of, of modern Stern games. Like He's always behind the eight ball. He's always under pressure. And he's an artist. And he wants to be able to take as much time as he needs to make the game perfect. And he ultimately ends up there. But the journey to get there for Lyman must be so painful and annoying uh, because of the pressure. So who knows? Who knows? Now, if this is his last game, and we're seeing this already, uh, Batman will become one of the most sought-after Stern pinball machines of all time, if not pinball machines of all time. Uh, And look, we've seen people time and time again say that I can't find an LE version of Batman anywhere. Anywhere. There's, There's none for sale. It's not even like people are trying to sell them for a profit, and that's a telltale sign. You know, no one who bought an LE for 10 grand is even saying like, you can have mine for 12. Nobody, nobody's even listing them for sale. There's not one on eBay. There's not one on, 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 uh, on, on Pinside. And you know, so look, and then you got the SLEs. You know, these games, I get it that the premium is the same exact game, but what we're seeing is people are really fans of this franchise and they want, they want that topper. They want the better armor. They want the better sort of, uh, side rails and whatever whatever you know they just want the limited nature of the game all right what else is going on in the store and there's also new code for guardians of the galaxy that came out yesterday so for you who have a guardians of the galaxy looks like there's a, a bunch of stuff they added to the game uh, 0.87 i've been hearing some people are having issues with the groot head like the the mouth stays open during multi-ball i don't know like I'm waiting to play Guardians when it's at, at a really good place. So I, I don't know if it's there yet, but I, I, I just hear a lot of mixed stuff about Guardians. Uh, the topper is now available. Uh, whether you think it's worth the money or not, that's up to you. Uh, I saw that someone is trying to sell a Tron LE for $10,000 uh, on Pinside. And do you think a Tron LE is worth ten grand in 2018? I, I don't. I don't. I, I think that ship has sailed on, on Trons being that expensive. All right. Let's move on to Jersey Jack Pinball. And yesterday we were treated to a live stream of Pirates of the Caribbean that was filmed at Jersey Jack Pinball. Uh, It was Eric, the designer. It was Keith, the coder, and uh, one other gentleman who played the machine for us. I think they did the feed for a little over an hour. And I watched about 20 minutes of it. Now, look, I want to say this. The game looks great. The game does look beautiful. There's a lot going on in that game. But my initial sort of reaction to how they did the live stream and the feed and talked about the way the game works and the way the code is and the rules and and how you have to light the five movies and then how you have you have a shot you have to make for each movie and you could hit you could hit the post next to the shot and that gives you like half a point and if you hit this it gives you a quarter of a point and if you hit this it gives you a full point. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. I want to play this game. I'm really looking forward to playing this game. But man, my head was spinning when they were talking about how the rules and the scoring to this game works. I, I really, like, I, I, I could barely make it through the way they were talking about it. We're really getting to the point now where, like, 
this is worth a quarter of a shot. This is worth half a multiplier. This is worth two times multi. It's, it, it is unbelievable the level of complexity that these guys are coding into these new machines these days. And it's not just Keith. We know we saw it with Star Wars. And I think it's just such a confusing, head-scratching mess. And I think for, for these kinds of rule sets, good luck putting these kinds of pinball machines on location and getting people to figure out what to do. I, I really, I just don't understand. I don't understand why scoring and the, the journey to figure out scoring is how they talked about the game. And I, I, I think you couple that with the fact that there's like 25 characters to choose from, all with different attributes. This thing is going to be a coding, probably like com complex nightmare to figure out. And I don't understand. I don't, I just, I, I want someone to explain this game to me in a way that makes sense through the movies themselves. Like, shouldn't it just be, you got to play all five movies and the major scenes from each five films are the wizard modes or the final mult or, or are the multi balls associated with, with each five movies. And those are this, and here's how you play through that movie. Okay, I just like it's like they don't know how to talk about it, whether it's mode based or scoring based. And when I don't know, when I hear this stuff, I, I just I don't know. I just part of me is just like this is what sucks about modern pinball is there's like this desire and this insecurity to explain scoring immediately so that people don't cry that the scoring's imbalanced so that when people play this thing in tournaments, uh, it's going to be a game that people are going to want to use because of the scoring balance. But then I'm watching them play and I'm like, oh, I also don't want to keep hitting the stupid lockdown bar button to collect gold over and over again. I just, I don't like lockdown bar buttons that you have to keep mashing. I just don't. I, 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 I That's just me personally. Maybe you do. When I watch people doing that, playing Star Wars, I'm literally like, what? I think the way it's used in Batman is much better. It's much better. It's not as frequent. All right. But but look, Pirates of the Caribbean is another game I look forward to playing at TPF. I just really, I, I, I saw the live stream and the game looks great. But again, the rules and the, and the explaining of it just makes my head spin. All right. American Pinball. There is not too much news here other than games are going out and people's feedback on those games is positive. I think if you're in on a Houdini, you are probably anxious to get it. You might have no clue when you're getting it, though. Uh, we're, here we are in February. And again, I just think they need to get these games out as fast as possible. I'd be curious how many they're making a week at this point. Josh Kugler, I know you listen to the show. Hit me up. Let me know how many Houdini pinballs are going out and how production is going. Uh, I will happily read your response on the air. All right, we got an email or a newsletter finally from our friends over at Dutch Pinball. Now, Dutch has been sort of silent for a long time, so I want to read uh, their newest newsletter. It says, welcome to our regular update on the status of the production of the Big Lebowski pinball. Although things seem to take forever, we finally see light at the end of the tunnel. Zytec has finished engineering sample number four uh, of the pilot builds, and it will be sending it out to us next week, just after Chinese New Year. That damn Chinese New Year always seems to fuck with, like, games. Um, the... The sample number three is in the Netherlands for a few weeks now. And besides some issues, 
we are very happy with the overall quality. We hoped it to be in production already, but because of the immense complexity of building a pinball machine, things take longer. We know this game inside and out, but for the Zytec team, it is a completely new type of machine and it takes time for them to learn and understand pinball. You know, I'll stop there. I've been saying that for the longest time. It is not easy to get any any sort of um, contract manufacturer up to speed on all of the different complexities associated with pinball. Um, they go on, They then go on to say, we expect game number four will be 99.9% .9 perfect. And if so, that's the point when we are ready for starting real production again in China. On February 26th, the Chinese New Year will be over and Zytec will then start setting up the factory production um, the pin, sorry, the setting up the pinball production in the factory. Giving a specific time when production will start depends on lead time of parts. Most parts will take only a few weeks, but some parts may take up to two months once ordered. This means that at this point, we expect to begin assembly in April and May. In the meantime, we won't sit still, of course, because we in Zytec can use this time to prepare everything for production and start with sub-assemblies with the parts that are already there. We are working very hard to get you your Big Lebowskis, and this is the only important thing right now for Dutch Pinball. We will come with a new update after we have received and reviewed game number four. Best Barry and Yap. All right, so look. So, so if we were to just just sort of summarize this. They're getting this sample games to a point where they feel like it's ready for production. When they get there, they need to order parts. Now the parts can take weeks up to a couple months to order and get in. Now here's the thing, and this is the question that I have for this venture. Do they have the money to order the parts for these games? or do they need new orders to come in on the Big Lebowski pinball to pay for those parts? Because we all know you need to order parts in bulk to get the price down. Um, and I also know, from we know, it's really difficult to build a pinball machine without all of the parts being in the factory at the same time. You know, this whole, we're going to start building part of it now, and then we're, we're going to wait for other parts to come in. We've seen that not work out in the past. And, you know, I, I just think, I think here's my prediction what's going to happen. They're going to need new money to come in to build, to, to pay for the parts, right? To build machines, to get the line going, they need new money to come in. There's no way the old money that was collected almost four years ago there's no way that money is still around uh, to make these games. And so what's going to happen here is what always happens when pinball companies come up on this dilemma. New orders are going to get their big Lebowskis ahead of the old orders. I, I, I almost can guarantee it that you're going to see people cut the line when they wave cash in front of Barry and Yop and say, hey, here's $10,000. Uh, if you can guarantee my game by a certain time period. 
And what's going to happen is the same thing that's happening with Alien right now is people who are in on the game for a long time are standing by and watching new people get their games in front of them because they so desperately need the money. This is not me like making this up. We are watching the same exact thing unfold over at Highway Pinball where people who bought LEs years ago have nothing. They, they don't know when they're getting their game and it's the people that went in a month ago that have received their games far in front of people who are waiting years. And the problem with that model, the problem with the model is so simple. It's when the new money dries up, the, there's still no money to make the old orders. Like, where does that money come from? You just can't materialize money out of thin air to pay for the money that's now gone. So I just think both of these ventures, Highway Pinball and Dutch, I think they are still on very, very shaky ground. Now look, the other side of the coin is this is still your best chance at getting something. Uh, like it or not, this is better than nothing. And there was a very good chance you were going to get absolutely nothing from both of these manufacturers. I do find it kind of crazy that the time period we're looking at now, I mean, you're looking at summer of 2018 at best. At best. Because we all know that they are not going to get production going in April and May. We, we just know that. It's not going to happen. Um, there's going to be delays. And the problem with pinball and parts, one, it just takes one part, one part to be delayed to keep the entire game from shipping out to somebody. You need 100% of those parts in-house to get people their product, not 99.9% .9 of parts. So uh, I think the journey for both Highway and Dutch continues to be shaky. And I think it's gonna be really difficult for them to get new orders because I think as we head into TPF and as we see games like Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, which will be shipping to customers this summer and this, you know, may, maybe end of spring. I don't know the time frame, but it's it's coming. It's and you know, Charlie's not going to show this game and be like it's not available for six months. The game's coming soon. Uh, we know that Pirates of the Caribbean is coming soon. We know that Iron Maiden will be shown soon. We know that Deadpool will be shown very soon. We know that Houdini is in box and shipping to people. With all of these games that are shipping and will take your money now games, uh, I think it's going to be really hard for people to get on the other ships that are taking on water very quickly in, in the world of Highway and Dutch. All right? So that's, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. All right. Let's get to some of your emails. I'm going to read them down the list again. I thank you guys for sending them in. Uh, the first email is from Kevin Sanborn, and he wrote, would like to hear, he said, will Ben Heck come on the show? Would like to hear him talk about all the latest drama. So, Kevin, thank you for writing in. I have invited Ben Heck on the show. I've been talking to Ben over the last few days. Uh, and I know Ben is struggling because he doesn't, he, he wants to tell his story, but he also doesn't want to uh, be negative. And I think he's having a hard time telling his story without revealing some stuff that might not be positive to Spooky. Uh, but as I told Ben, I was like, Ben, just come on. Just tell the story. You don't have to be negative. We, we can figure out a way to talk about the actual hurdles you ran up against and where you're at in the pinball world. So, Ben, I know you're listening, or hopefully you're listening. I hope you come on. Um, I got an email from Daniel. Daniel um, 
I can't pronounce your last name, Daniel. Daniel C. will say he he put up one of the Oktoberfest polls. And Daniel, I want to thank you for doing it. And I appreciate it. It shows me that we have some influence on this show. Uh, I got an email from Gabriel, our friend over at Pintastic. He wrote, okay, Pintastic is stepping in. Uh, stepping to the plate to formally invite you to join a panel seminar of podcasters. Maybe you can even um, co-MC with our seminar coordinator, Dave Marston. You also are welcome to set up in our media area to interviews to do interviews at the show. Um, also, if you have more controversial seminar in mind, run it by me. Thoughts, Gabe. Well, Gabe, thank you. I, I appreciate the offer to come up to Pintastic and co-host a seminar, to have my own area, to do interviews live at the show. Uh, I am really going to think about it. Now, Dave, here's the thing. Your show's closer to me than, than Texas. Um, if the dates allow, I will, I will be up there this year. You have my word on that. I got an email from the Black Knight. Uh, now, the reason he emailed me back is the Black Knight and I are going to talk tomorrow night about what's going on in the pinball world. We're probably going to talk a lot about Deep Root and what we think the chances are of those guys figuring stuff out. Uh, but I love, I love Chris. I, I think he's amazing. Uh, and I know you do too. His feedback on the hobby is, is always incredible. I got an email from Jay Fowler. Jay, thank you for listening to the show. Uh, Jason Make a Drain is his name. His subject was, I don't get the history of controversy, but thanks. He writes, so I was introduced to your podcast for two reasons. First, Zach and Greg over at Straight Down the Middle and their Twippy Awards. And second, the efforts of others to instill some sort of forbidden fruit status to you and your podcast just made it a must-hear stuff for me uh, before I even heard a single show. So I've always said this, um, Jason, that all the people on Pinside who constantly talk crap about me, the moderators deleting anything with my name in it, you know, all the people that whined and complained about my show, and, and even the other pinball podcasts out there that refuse to even mention my name or the Twippy Award that I got, all of that, all of that sort of negativity or desire to strict me from the, the history books of pinball, all they do is make people want to listen to me. Because who do you want to listen to? Like, oh, like when we were kids, right? We all wanted to watch the movies that we weren't allowed to or told not to watch. We all wanted to listen to the music albums that we were told were bad for us. So I, I love it that people are saying, Canada's Pinball Podcast, it's bad. You don't want to listen to it. He's, he's too controversial. So I thank you for, I thank the other people out there for giving me new listeners. Um, he then goes on to write, I expected some screaming madman hurling obscenities and being the Howard Stern of pinball. What I have found instead is a polished, thoughtful, objective, and very well done show that cuts through the crap and tells it like it is. I don't always agree with you, but I, but I prefer that to a sterilized echo chamber just regurgitating the company line or the most popular opinion of the masses. Keep up the good work. You have a loyal listener. I hope to say hi in person in Texas. Well, Jason, thank you. I, I hope to say hi as well. And look, 
you know, look, we, we break outside the echo chamber. We, we always have. And, and look, there have been times where I've been that madman hurling obscenities. If you go back to some of my earlier podcasts, we do that every once in a while. Um, but for the most part, I think we've turned a corner. And I think that's why the listener base has increased. And I think more and more of you enjoy this on a weekly basis. All right. I got an email from Frank D'Angelo. Frank, thank you for listening to Canada's Pinball Podcast. He writes, Canada, what's up? Always enjoyed listening to the show. Hopefully you will keep it on edge in the world of pinball. Hopefully you can stay as a voice for the community and keep the big boys in line. Trust me, they are listening. Keep them honest and a fire under their asses to bring the best to customers and players. Please don't sell out or cross over. Nice work. Frank Max. So Frank, thank you. Uh, I, I don't even know how I could sell out. Uh, I think if I sold out, I would start uh, promoting Pinside as being the best place to go for, for pinball news. Nope. The best place is This Week in Pinball. Uh, if I sold out, uh, what else? How could I sell out? I would. If I sold that, I think I would start becoming a shill for certain companies. I don't think I've ever done that. You know, I've been like something that's really interesting is I, I'm I'm often harsh on every company for when I think they do things that they should be called out on, and sometimes I do get nervous. I'm like, oh man, like is Stern pissed off at me? Are they not going to talk to me because I said this or this? And the answer is always no. Like I always have good correspondence with George Gomez, with Zombie Yeti, with Christopher Franchi. Uh, you know, I, even John Borg and I, 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 I'm, you know, I've been talking to him, trying to get him on the show. It's not like they're avoiding me at all cost. Uh, so this podcast will never sell out. The moment I feel like I no longer have anything to contribute or I no longer enjoy doing this, when I reach that moment, uh, then this podcast will cease. Thankfully, this hobby seems to continue to provide endless amounts of conversation and dialogue because of how passionate you guys out there are and how many companies there are making pinball machines now. I mean, it's, it's, if it was just Stern, can you imagine if there was only Stern and, and we tried to do a pinball podcast, it would be boring. It would be boring. We would, we would probably start talking about tournament talk. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode 205 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. That was a little bit, you know, 37 minutes. 37 minutes. See, in 37 minutes, I can cover all of the news and give you everything that is relevant going on in the pinball world. You could either listen to this show or, you know, I, you could take another two and a half hours and listen to my friends over Head to Head Pinball. Um, no, their show's different. They 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 sort of combine like a week and a half's worth of content into one episode, and and that's cool. You know, different strokes for different folks. They do it their way. We do it this way. I'm glad you guys listen. I do challenge Marty and 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 Ryan to do one thing. I challenge you guys to do one thing, and they can do this. I challenge them to publicly show us what their weekly listens are, right? See, I have on SoundCloud, I, I'm not, I'm transparent. You can see how many listeners I get per episode. It usually ranges now between 1,000 and like 1,400, okay? But they keep their listener base secret. And I'm, a, I'm a, they, look, let's be honest. All of us podcasts, we compete a little bit on, on who, how many people listen to us. It, it, it 
because that is the ultimate indicator of how well we're doing. And I just want to say, I show the world how well I'm doing or how poor I'm doing. They're hiding. I'm calling them out. I'm calling you guys a bunch of wimps. Come on, reveal it. Come on, tell us. You know, Marty doesn't want to, Jay, Ryan's always like, Marty doesn't want to reveal the numbers. Marty doesn't want to reveal the numbers. Marty, reveal the numbers. Let's do it. Let's start the public. Let's start a little public friendly competition of who's actually got the best because the best is not the Twippy Awards. The, the best is the ratings. You could argue that against that. You could be like, well, Jumanji made 500 million at the box office, but it's still a crappy movie. I get it. But let's start a little, let's see who can get more listeners by, uh, by Expo 2018, all right? No, they're not gonna do it. I know it, I know it. They don't have the guts. See, in America, we got the guts. Those guys, they got home pin. We created, America created Stern Pinball. Australia created Home Pin. America created um, Houdini and American Pinball and Bally Williams and Jersey Jack Pinball. That's America, right? Over in the UK, they created Highway Pinball. Over in the Netherlands, it was Dutch Pinball. Can we be a little bit patriotic and just say America has the best pinball manufacturers and America has the best pinball podcast? I sound like a Donald Trump supporter. Um, I won't go into politics. Have a good day, everyone. Hey,